Turn to your neighbor tonight. Say, neighbor, I know it's Wednesday, but Pastor Jade wants you to be awake tonight. He wants to encourage you. I want to encourage you in the Lord this evening. We'll turn your Bibles to 2 Kings chapter 2. 2 Kings chapter 2. Just to bring you up to speed to where we are, where we're going to begin reading this evening. We're going to start in verse 11. But what we see here at the beginning of this chapter is Elijah the prophet, the great man of God that has been leading the nation of Israel, maybe not in the kingship, but in spiritual matters is about to be called home to be with the Lord. And he has this young man by the name of Elisha that is following him. And Elijah tries to get Elisha to stop at certain cities along the way, and Elisha refuses. And you'll find that they go over and cross over the River Jordan. And the young man is turned to by the prophet Elijah. And he says, what do you want? You followed me this far. You followed me with great intent. What do you want? What do you want God to give you? And he says, I want a double portion. The man of God says, you've asked a hard hard thing, but if you see me go, it'll be given to you. We're going to pick it up in verse 11. And it came to pass as they still went on and talked that behold there appeared a chariot of fire and horses of fire and parted them both asunder and Elijah went up by the whirlwind by a whirlwind into heaven and Elisha saw it and cried my father my father the chariot of Israel and the horsemen thereof and he saw him no more And he took hold of his own clothes and he rent them into two pieces. And he took up also the mantle of Elijah that fell from him and went back and stood by the bank of the Jordan. And he took the mantle of Elijah that fell from him and smote the waters and said, Where is the Lord God of Elijah? And when he had also had smitten the waters, they parted hither and thither and Elisha went over and the sons of the prophets which were to view at Jericho saw him and they said the spirit of Elijah doth rest on Elisha and they came to meet him and bowed themselves to the ground before him we're going to pray again if that's all right tonight because I'm going to need all the prayer and help I can get God, we come before you again because, Lord, your word tells us that your house is to be a house of prayer. 
And God, I ask, Lord, that the Holy Spirit would come into this house, Lord, and I ask that you would begin to minister to people specifically this evening, Lord. I want to encourage some weary hearts, some, some tried hearts. I want to encourage those that are in this house tonight to, to let them know that the call of God on their life is, 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 cannot be outrun, and it is not without repentance, but God, that you're still calling them, you're still desiring to move in their life, and you're still desiring to put an anointing and a power on their life. And we love you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. So a very familiar portion of Scripture, something we've preached about very often in the modern church, is Elisha, Elisha grabbing hold of the mantle of Elijah. And I, I want you to realize something that for the last, I would say, decade, there has been, in the church of America, there has been a massive transitioning period that we are still, I believe, going through with the saints of God themselves, the saints in this nation. You say, what do you mean? What we're having is we are seeing, and we've talked about it many times, I'm not going to preach anything super new to you, but what we're having is there is a transition of generals of the faith, uh, men and women of God that, that are just true uh, faith believers, healers. Uh, these are people that are intercessors. These are people that are operating up on what we would say a different level is. They are just people of God and what we have seen through the last decade is men and women of God of the faith have been transitioning into their heavenly home. We have seen this as it's continuing to happen and what we're seeing is a generation of the church go on and to receive the reward that God has for them. It's, it's really, we, we think of it as a saddened moment but really it's a great moment to, to see these saints of God receive what God has for them and, and what they've worked for, what they what they've, they've, they've put their hand to the plow for. It's good to see all these things. Uh, but what has been happening, and pastors preached it from this platform, is that there is a call and a mandate that is being placed on a next generation to pick up the mantle and go and do what God is calling them to do. We see here that Elisha, this is nothing new to you, and I, picks up this mantle and he walks to the river Jordan and he smites it. And, and the Bible tells us that the sons of the prophets are on the other side of the river. There's all these men of God. There's all these people of God that are watching him and he walks up to the river and he smites it uh, and he says uh, where is the Lord God of Elijah? Where is the God that my grandfather and my grandmother told me about? Where is the God uh, that, that, that I've, been, I've been hearing about all my life? Where is the revival that I have seen all my life? And I want you to know uh, that what is going on in, in the American church right now uh, is being depicted to us in this portion of scripture. I believe that we're not so much to the smoting of the water part yet. Uh, we're getting there, but what is happening uh, is there's a generation of young people, there's a generation of adults, there's a generation of parents, uh, young adults and teenagers uh, that are picking up the call of God, receiving the call of God on their life uh, and they're wanting to see the miraculous take place. Uh, but what is going on is there is this, this lack of confidence 
confidence uh, to walk in, in what God has for us. There's this lack of, of a confidence uh, to say, oh, I'll, I'll go up and I'll lay hands on them and ask God to heal them. Uh, what I have noticed is there's such a spirit uh, of intimidation. Uh, see, everybody was watching. All the sons of the prophets, uh, really what it was is all the men that Elijah should have chose uh, besides Elisha were watching him. Uh, he knew he was unworthy. He knew he was just a, a plow boy when Elijah came and threw his mantle on him the first time. He knew what he was. Uh, but there was something that he desired uh, and there was something that he had desired to operate in. Uh, and he had the confidence uh, to not only pick up that mantle, uh, but walk to the obstacle that was in front of him uh, and say, where is the God of Elijah? Where is the God of fire? Where is the God of revival? Where is the God of my grandmother, of my grandfather? Where is the God of Pentecost? Where is the God that released the Holy Spirit to his people in the upper room? Where is the God that wants to move in the days and hours we're living in? Where is the God? But what I want you to know is before we can ask and declare, where is the God? We have to ask ourselves, am I confident enough in the anointing that God has placed on my life to pick up that mantle, to pick up that call and walk to that river, walk to that obstacle, walk to the things in my life and say, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea. What I'm talking about, young people, is a righteous indignation that will say, no, you're not coming to mess with my mind. You're not coming to mess with my heart. You're not coming to mess with my family. What it is, is there's something on the inside that has got to rise up within the church to say, I'm going to stay steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. Elisha picked up the mantle and in front of all those men, in front of all the saints, all the men that should have been chosen because they were the sons of the prophets. They were educated. They knew how God worked. Quote in, quote out. In front of all those men, he had to pick up that mantle. And he realized that I can't just pick up this mantle and say, oh, I have the mantle of Elijah. Look at me. He says, if I'm going to pick up this mantle, I'm going to have to operate in a realm that I've never operated in. I'm going to have to go to a level of dedication that I've never had before. Young people, listen to me. I know in this generation, what is the biggest struggle, if you talk to young people in this day, in their spiritual walk, they'll say, prayer, I can't focus I just can't keep my mind on the Lord because the enemy is beginning to attack their, their mind. He's trying to distract them from what, what God is wanting to them, them to do. And I want you to understand that when Elisha picked up that mantle, he says, I'm going to have to have a consecrated prayer life. I'm going to have to have a consecrated reading life. I'm going to have to have a consecrated life. Wherever he goes, I'm going
going to have to go. Uh, Whatever he tells me to do, I'm going to have to be faithful to do it. Uh, And I want you to realize, young people, many of you have picked up the mantles. Uh, You've picked up the call that God has placed on your life. Uh, But now I'm asking you uh, to humble yourself before God uh, and just just admit, uh, just confess uh, like I've had to confess uh, and say, God, I could preach a message. Uh, I I could get them all hyped up. Uh, I could talk about healing. Uh, I I could talk about the great things of God. Uh, But no, uh, I've had to be honest with myself uh, and say, I can't just preach words on a page. Uh, I have to have the anointing of the Holy Ghost. Uh, I have to have the Spirit of God working to and through my life. Uh, Young people, I want you to know uh, there is nothing to be afraid of about the Holy Spirit. Uh, There's nothing to be afraid of about the anointing that God wants to place on your life. Uh, But all I want you to do uh, is say, God, I will be confident uh, that if you've called me to this, uh, you will walk me through this. What is confidence? Confidence, for some reason, is not talked about in the day and age that we live in because it's mistaken as arrogance. Confidence in the Lord is not arrogance in yourself, but it is being trusted and founded and faith-filled in the, what the Bible teaches us, that God is who He says He is, and He can still do what He says He can do. Confidence, young person. Confidence. Let me tell you what confidence looks like. Confidence. I was in a a birthing room a few days ago and my wife knew that 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 baby was coming. Confidence is she knew what she had to do to bring forth life. She had to push with everything that she had in her body. And she knew because she had done it before that she could do it again. I want you to know that confidence is the same thing spiritually. What God did for my grandmother, what God did for Pastor Willie Russell, what God did for the saints of old, he can do it again in us. Be confident that if he used them back then, that he is the same God that can use you here today. I'm sick and tired. I'm just going to be. I'm just going to be very transparent tonight. I'm sick and tired of every time the church seems to have a good service. The enemy comes in, and everybody begins to look around and say, "What's going on? What's going on?" We know exactly what's going on. The enemy is attacking. He's trying to divide. He's trying to sow seeds of doubt and insecurity. Why? Because he realizes that if you can get a hold of that mantle and grin confidence and walk to that river that there's going to be a whole host of people that are going to see that there is still an anointing that can set them free that there is still a power that can heal, deliver and save we act like it's a surprise when we operate in the anointing and we have a good service we act like it's a surprise that the enemy wants to show up and try to work in our midst. I want you to know it was the same thing. Same thing happened to Elisha. If you begin to read the next few passages of Scripture. Brother Chris, this man took a garment, a mantle. 
you know me, I have to have something that you can see. And he wadded it up. And he smacked the river. And the river parted. And he just walked over on dry ground. And these prophets, we read in that last verse, these sons of the prophets came to him. They bowed before him and said, oh man, the anointing of God's on your life. Woo. Thank you, Jesus. But you want to know what the next question was? Hey, uh, Elisha, I know, I know that you have the anointing of God on your life. And, and I know you just you know, parted the waters and that's cool and all. But do you care if we go look for Elijah? Never, never really noticed this in scripture before. You can read it in that same chapter. They said, we got 50 strong men here. We want Elijah. That's what they were saying. You know, you're good and all. You're anointed and all. But we want Elijah. See, what's happening is, hey, hey, Brother Jane, can you help me out? Can you help me out? Can I embarrass you for a little bit? Come on. I, Garrett's not here for me to pick on. Okay. So this is what happens. Pick it up. Okay, he picks it up. Okay, this is the call of God. This is the anointing that he has for my life. Well, then someone comes. Well, I, I just didn't like how you did that. And he lets the enemy take it right back out of his hands and throw it down on the ground. And here he is. Pick it up. He's picking it up again. He's, he, we're in a good service, having a good meeting. God's using him. Oh, yeah, I'm going to grab onto the mantle. And then the enemy will come with insecurities in his mind and say, well, you didn't do it like your mamma did it. Hey, I'm just being honest. I've been there. Listen, what happened is pick that up again. He is me right now uh, at, at age 13. I was called to preach. I knew I was called to preach. I knew what God spoke to me that I was called to preach. But, but Brother Chris, I want you to know what happened was is the enemy came into my mind and said, well, you can't preach like your daddy preached. Pick it up again. You're going to get a workout tonight. Was it leg day? Did you have legs today? Okay, you should be fine. All right. Okay. Well, I knew I was called, and, and then I had people begin to label me. Well, you're not really a preacher, Brother Jake. You're just a teacher. I went all through high school picking it up and throwing it down. I went all through high school picking it up and watched comments throw it back down. We know you're anointed. We know you're called, but it's just not your time. You're just not the best looking guy. You're just not the most talented. You can't sing the right way. You can't preach the right way. Honey, you can't operate in that realm. I know that God told you you're supposed to operate in the gift of healing, but who do you think you are? Do you think you're Catherine Kuhlman? Do you think, no, you're not Catherine Kuhlman. All you know is that you have an anointing on your life to do what God has called you to be. Elisha was not called to be Elijah. Elisha was called to be who God created him to be. But they came to him, said, okay, you got that mantle. We got 50 men. Do you care if we look for Elijah? And he told them, no. The Bible says in verse 20, that chapter, that they bugged him so much he was ashamed, which means he was, he was disappointed. 
And he said, you can go look for him. They looked for three days and three nights. They came back, didn't find him. And Elisha said, listen, this, the, the, he sounds like, if you, if you read, read the passage, he sounds like such a mean guy. Because he said, I told you you wouldn't find him. I told you not to go. Why? Because yes, he was a great man of God. Yes, he did great things. Yes, he was anointed. Yes, he did awesome things in his time. But I want you to know that I'm confident in the anointing that God has placed on my life, that this is my hour to operate in the vein that God has called me to operate. And what happens is, is these young people will pick up this mantle. They'll pick up the anointing that God has for them. And the enemy will come and say, well, 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 you, you, you don't exactly preach like Pastor Ronnie and and you don't exactly preach like Brother Jay. What I want to see young people do is what Elisha did. Listen, you can look for him. You can look for B.H. Clendenin. You can look for David Wilkerson. I I, I love those men of God, but they're not coming back. You can look for Sherman Cook. You can look for my mother. You can look for all these great people of the faith, but I want you to know that the mantle is not on their life. The mantle is now in the hands of another generation. And God wants to use them to do wonders. But what happens? They pick us up. What is it, young person? I want to preach to you tonight. What is it, young person, that keeps ripping it out of your hands and throwing it down, saying, you can't operate that way? I'll pick it up for you this time. I'll be nice. What is it? What is it that God's calling you to do? And he's saying, Elisha was not the pick of the litter. Pastors preach this. He was not a son of the prophet. He he had no experience. He's just out in the field plowing. The man of God threw this mantle on his life. He said, you're called. And he pursued the things of God. Day in and day out, week in and week out, Elijah even tried to get rid of him. And he wouldn't go. And he came to this, 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 this intersection of life, this transition that we find ourselves in as a church. Uh, and, and now the, the big thing is, is how, as young men and women begin to pick this up, they'll say, well, you know, that's not how so-and-so did it. Well, you just, you just, you don't preach like Tom Bates and Todd Oshins. Listen, those are great men of God. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not knocking anybody. But listen, last time I checked, your, your name's not Todd Hoskins. Your name's Jaden Murray. And last time I checked, Elijah was not Elisha. And, and everybody in the Bible talks about, ooh, Elijah, Elijah, Elijah. Yeah, he was a great man. But do you realize that Elisha did double? Because he had a double portion. And the man that had a double portion, they said, well, I don't know if you're good enough. Can we go look for Elijah? I don't know if you've got what it takes. And that's exactly what's happening in our culture today in the church world. It doesn't happen in this church, but I've seen it. I've seen elders of the church walk up to young people and destroy what they have picked up from the Lord and say, well, you didn't do it. You didn't get the Holy Ghost like I got the Holy Ghost. You didn't preach like your pastor preaches. You didn't wear what I thought you should have wore. You didn't do this. You didn't 
didn't do that. You didn't do this. Listen, I believe in separation. I, I believe in holiness. I believe in purity. I believe in all those things. By, by far, I believe in all those things. But I want to know, is there any grace? Is there any love? Is there any mercy left in the church that will say, hey, hey, Jane, I know you may have made mistakes, but that doesn't change the fact that you have received a call of God on your life, that you can make it through this, that we're not looking to anybody else, but we know that God has anointed you for this appointed time and you're going to lead souls to Christ. He just needed someone to encourage and uplift him, not destroy him and say it's unachievable because of who you are. Thank you, Jane. So I want to ask you, even parents in the house, what is it? What keeps you? You know God's called you to be an intercessor. What keeps you? Well, I just, you know, I just don't have prayer habits like everybody else, Pastor Jay, and I, I just struggle and this and that. And Listen, I, do you think I come into this house and pray hours and hours upon hours? I don't. My average prayer time is 30, 45 minutes. Okay, I do that multiple times a day though. That, 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 that's fine. What I'm telling you is I have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ and what works for me may not work with you because you're developing a personal relationship with Christ. Smith Wigglesworth said, I pray 15 minutes at a time. I'll take a break, I'll read the word, I'll do something, then I'll go pray 15 minutes at a time. Listen, what, what we're doing is, is we're allowing the sons of the prophets, uh, we're allowing uh, the, the, the traditional folk and, and we're allowing those that, that, that have it all together and they've never been lost and they've never been without a calling and they come out uh, just speaking in tongues and all these things. Listen, what we have allowed them to do is turn the mantle into a measuring stick uh, and saying, you know what? You don't just add up uh, because you don't do it this way and you don't do it that way. Let me tell you this, uh, that the mantle of God did not make it a mistake uh, when he landed on your life. Uh, the call of God, young person, adult, uh, did not make Make it a mistake when he called you and his spirit spoke to you. All I'm asking you is to be confident in the thing that God has started in you and be confident in this, that what he has started in you, he will complete. That's what Paul said in Philippians 1.6. Be confident. What's confidence? It's to know that I know that I know. Confidence is faith. Confidence is trust. Confidence is what God's word says I am, that's who I am. We can't allow our lives just because you make a mistake. You get, with, you get right with God. You confess unto God. You get right. You get under the blood. This call doesn't go away. David committed adultery and was still considered a man after God's own heart. You see, what's happening in Pentecost, yeah, I see it all the time, is we think things should be one way. Revival should look one way. And God's saying, I'm doing a complete different thing. You see... God likes to use the foolish things of this world, the Bible says, to confound the wise. You, you, you want proof? I'll give you proof. Goliath. Goliath is shouting, 
hooting and hollering and saying all kinds of bad things about the God of Israel. Does it for 40 days. Guess what? No one moves a muscle. They were looking for a warrior. They were looking for someone to come save the day. They were looking for someone big, brawny, and knew, knew what he was doing. He bad to the bone and bone to the bad. He was everything that they needed him to be. And what showed up was a little scrawny, little shepherd boy, good looking guy, but, but he's just a little scrawny little thing. And he shows up and he says, why is this fool talking about my God this way? They were looking for a savior, but God was looking for a shepherd. They were looking for a big warrior. And God said, I'm looking for an anointed one. You see, what happened was, is they thought that God was going to do one thing and God was going to deliver them out of, out of, the, out of this Philistine's hands one way. But God said, no, all I need is someone that has the anointing on their life. It doesn't matter what they look like. It doesn't matter what they talk like. It doesn't matter what, what their past is. It doesn't matter their mistakes. God said, he's the anointed one. And he stood up and he said, why, Goliath, are you defying the God that I serve? Why are you, who do you think you are to come against the anointed children of God the way you are? I'm looking for someone that has boldness. I'm looking for somebody that has tenacity in their spirit. I'm looking for someone that will be confident that I'm anointed. And if I'm anointed, I'm called. And if I'm called, God will fight with me. You see, church, the Jews missed Jesus for the most part because he wasn't what they expected. They wanted, the Rome had Caesar, they wanted an anti-Caesar. They wanted someone that was polished and raised in the law but could fight like David. And Jesus said, my kingdom's not of this world. Here come the Sadducees and the Pharisees. Does he add up? Does he add up? It got even so bad that John the Baptist, he knew who Jesus was, but in his pit of despair, he sends word he sends word through his disciples to Jesus' disciples. And he said, listen, are you the one that we're looking for? Or should we look for another? That's what they told him in Matthew chapter 11. But this is what I love. This is what Jesus' response was. And you see, because they could say all they wanted to about Elisha, but they weren't parting any waters. They weren't. But they had the audacity to say, well, you don't measure up. We want to find Elijah. And John the Baptist was saying to Jesus, are you the one or should we look for another? And this is what Jesus said. I love this response. The blind receive their sight. The lame walk. The lepers are cleansed. The deaf hear and the dead are raised. And the poor have the gospel preached to them. What he was saying is, John, what do you think? Listen, young people, this world, this world can put all kinds of labels on you. 
This world can tell you a lot of things, but parents need to hear this as well. They can say all these things about you. Uh, they can make all these side comments about you, but here's what I want you to know. If, it, if we'll come to the music tonight, here's what I want you to know. Is the church of Jesus Christ in America will get this world's attention and will we'll shame every label ever put on it. When we get to the place in the confidence and who we are and who God has called us to be, that they'll say, listen, that church is the real deal. Why? Because the diseased are healed. The crippled walk. The deaf hear. People are being saved. People are being transformed. The drug addict is being delivered. So young person, you want to stop all the comparisons. You want to stop everything that everybody's ever said about you. You want to stop all the labels. Let me tell you, you got to be confident. Elisha was not intimidated, Elijah. I lived. Sister Sarah, I lived for years. Picking it up and putting it down. Because I allowed myself to believe that I couldn't do it. I had people around me that I loved say, well, you, you thought that God called you to preach, but you're not a, Jade, come on. You're not a preacher. Some of you here tonight may say, well, Jade, you're still not much of a preacher. Hey, I don't care. Because I'm going to be confident. I know what God told me when I was 13 years old. He didn't say, I called you to do this. I called you to do that. I called you. No, I heard him. Sister Terry, he said, you're called to preach. Young person. You're not called to be your grandma and grandpa. They may have been awesome saints, and I'm sure they were. That's, that's awesome. I thank God for a godly heritage. Pastor Tom Bates preached about that Friday night. I thank God for a godly heritage. I do. And my mama and papas, I love them. I, just sweet as they could be. Love the Lord. My parents love the Lord. Serve God all their life. But at the end of the day, I know they're anointed and I know they're called. But there was a mantle. There was an anointing. There was a call that had my name on it. It didn't say Merle John Abrams. It didn't say John Beecher Abrams. That's my brother's name for those that didn't know. We call him JB. John Beecher Abrams. It's not what I said. It didn't say Beecher Noble, Della May Noble. It didn't say Carol Abrams. It didn't say Merle Gabbard, my great-grandfather who was a preacher. It didn't have any of their names on it. And mine. Young person, parent, there's still a mantle with your name on it. But will you be confident enough to smite the waters? You see, 
Jeremiah tells us in Jeremiah 17 and 7, blessed is the man that trusteth in the Lord and whose hope or whose confidence is in the Lord. You're blessed to have confidence in the Lord. The psalmist said, David said, though a host should encamp against me, my heart should not fear. Though war should rise against me, I will be confident in this. I will be confident in what? In the Lord, I will be confident. I want you to know tonight and be encouraged that even when you feel weak and even when you feel like you're surrounded by problems and difficulty, I want to give you the words that Jesus spoke to Paul. My grace is sufficient for thee. My strength is made perfect in your weakness. And this is what Paul says. I would rather, let me just translate this for you in, 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 in the Jade translation. I would rather glory in my problems because when I have problems, the Holy Spirit and His power will come and rest upon my life. Don't pick up the call of God and set it down just because there's been bumps in the road. There's been opposition. I want you to know tonight that it, I'm not confident in my abilities as a man but I know what God spoke to Zerubbabel through the prophet Zechariah, that it's not by might. And it's not by my power. But it's by His Spirit. Gracie, I don't know what God's called you to do. But here's what I do know. Is there's an anointing. There's an anointing. What does that mean? She may have problems, but there's a power. You may have all these opinions, but the anointing, the mantle never, never left Elisha. He said, I know. I worked for this. I prayed for this. I sought God for this. I'm going to be confident. If you go as you stand with me tonight. As you go through this scripture. You'll find as this chapter continues. The reason pastor that they wanted Elijah is because Jericho had a need. The water was polluted in their city. People were getting sick and dying and the land was barren. It wasn't even fit to, to water their crops. The water was vile. It was bad. And they wanted Elijah because they knew for a fact their confidence was in a man. Not in the anointing. It was in a man. And they, they wanted to find Elijah, because they knew that he was the guy to fix this problem. 
And I want you to know that there are people in the church that feel like if we don't do it like such and such and and don't do it like so and so, we'll never get out of the mess we're in. The water is symbolic of the Holy Spirit. We know that through John chapter 7. And this nation, this city, this county, across from coast to coast, we have a pollution problem. There's been a spirit of it, a spirit of pollution in the church. And listen, Elisha, that just because he was new does not mean he disregarded everything that Elijah did. He knew that Elijah was a man of prayer, that Elijah was a man of dedication. He knew all those things. And listen, I, I know what the Bible says about seeking out the old past. My, my grandparents, your parents, your, they prayed, they sought God. Those things work. Those things are tried and true. That's, I'm not saying disregard. That's not what I'm saying tonight. But I want you to get this. If we may have a pollution problem in the American church, the Spirit's polluted got a spirit of entertainment, a spirit of Jezebel, you can name it. There's a lot of things going on in the American church. That's not what I'm here to focus on tonight. I'm here to tell you that there is a pro- there is a problem, but there is a problem solver and it's in it's in you. It's in the next generation. It's in this the people I'm talking to right now. And Elisha, they said we got a problem. There's a water problem and he said I'll take care of that for you. He said since I'm a new guy, I want you to bring me a new vessel full of salt and he poured it down the well that didn't have a pollution problem anymore he says it's fixed it's done you say what does that have to do with anything there are a lot of new things that God is doing and he's using a lot of new people in the day and hour that we're that we're living in to do a lot of new things same spirit There's still a a spirit of anointing upon it. It may look different. It may sound different. But God's doing a new thing. And He's using new vessels to do it in. He's using new vessels to do it in. And that's you. 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 The Spirit of God, the anointing of God that rests upon you, you're the cure. Because God chooses to use us to reach many. Hey everybody, Pastor Ron. I pray that today's message and program has been just a great blessing to you. And I just uh, am so thankful that we had the privilege to come into your home today or wherever you may be watching. I would encourage you to... uh, continue to follow us. We're on all of the major social media platforms. Uh, We have podcasts that you can follow us with. I would encourage you to reach out to us and let us know. Our information's on the screen. And uh, if we've been a blessing to you, please contact us. Let us know. And we look forward to sharing the word of the Lord with you again uh, next time. God bless you. We'll see you soon.